0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Chronic Illness podcast. My name is Dr. Brian Raid. I'm a naturopathic doctor, and I am joined today by Mandy Meehan. Uh, Mandy is a nutritionist. She has a whole bunch of other letters behind her name too, which I'll uh, leave that to her to explain uh, when she's introducing herself. And um, I'm really excited to chat with her today, um, in part because she is a fellow clinician as a, as a nutritionist. Um, and uh, she also has her own um, healing journey story that she's willing to chat with us um about today um up to this point all the other podcast episodes have been uh, largely you know clinician to clinician only just talking about patients and this and that but i thought it would be really valuable to listeners to just hear from someone who's you know been through the trenches themselves um and uh, as we were chatting about just a minute ago you know not um necess- mandy's not necessarily 100% through the trenches but he's made a lot of headway and uh, i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today mandy so thank you
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really honored to get to share my story and bring hope for healing while I'm in the midst of the trenches myself and uh, very, very confident about getting to find my way out there. But, um, but, you know, like you said, it's the trenches are the trenches and um, it is, you know, grateful to get to have this experience to better help clients now and in the future.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Well, um, if you don't mind, uh, just um taking some time just to uh, tell folks some who you are, um, and just kind of uh, giving us a bit of a background about who you are, the clinician, but then also if you could give us a, a bit of background about your your health journey as well, that would be wonderful. Please.
1: For sure. So. Yes, my name is Mandy. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and also a certified dietary supplement professional and certified Lyme specialist. Like you said, those are like the letters behind my name, but but really I do right now specialize in working with people with complex chronic illness. And the reason that's the case is because of my own complex health journey, of course. Um, Really to give kind of the big picture of what I'm dealing with, I've got the, the chronic fatigue syndrome, that was the official diagnosis. From the Mayo Clinic, and now I know that there, you know, I know the root causes that's going into that. It's, um, you know, multiple systemic infections, Lyme disease, and numerous co-infections. And I'm sure we can probably get into a little bit of that and all of the the different bugs that can be at play, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental chemicals, and pesticides and herbicides. Uh, really, all of those things. I know now go and in, go into contributing to the cell danger response to things that's keeping me from uh, being able to exert and exercise and live my life with full energy so um, it's been a very long process of finding those answers it really took uh a year before I even started really looking for answers because in the beginning I just thought I had mono and that it would just eventually go away that's what I was told it just can take time sometime uh, but it, it took a lot more time than what we were expecting for sure. Uh, so it's been, it's been a long process, but I'm very grateful now um, that that really there's been so much purpose that's come out of the the pain and the confusion and you know being forced to leave my job as a young uh, like a 20 year old newly married. I got sick two weeks before my wedding. That's when my health crashed. Uh, and uh, it real, I mean, I I just never would have thought that this would be uh, my career path now and my my passion. But um, I'm so. Uh, just so, I mean, passionate and excited about uh, helping people skip all of the steps I had to take of uh, tr- trying so many things and it, it definitely not working and and not actually knowing how do I find the root cause. And then once I find the root cause, how do I actually find strategies to help me get out of that? So, um, so much I can go into, but I'll let you decide where to go from there. <laughs>
0: uh, that 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 sounds like a plan. Yeah, thanks for the overview. Um and uh and, and of course only share what you're comfortable sharing uh Mandy, but uh, as, as you said you on social media you've been very uh as, as you said Prior to this recording, you know, you've been very right. uh, open about like a lot of the things that you went through, especially in the earlier years of um, yes. you know your diagnosis and symptoms and whatnot. But uh, yeah, any 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 topic you don't want to talk about, obviously, totally fine. Um, just to give um our listeners slash viewers some context, um, like in terms of the kind of main symptoms that you were dealing with out of the gate, like obviously fatigue. If you had the chronic fatigue slash uh, my encephalomyelitis label, um, right. what were some other uh, sort of um uh, of notable mention symptoms? If just to give uh, listeners some context Context, if you don't mind sharing.
1: For sure. Yeah. So, to set the stage a little bit of what happened when my health crashed. And at the time, I wasn't putting all these puzzle pieces together, but now I can kind of show the context. So, it was a very stressful time in my life. Obviously, I'm about to get married. I moved um, from one town to another. So, I moved jobs, moved homes, I'm planning a wedding. I started hormonal birth control thinking that was my best option since I was about to get married. You know, I was thinking about those things and it was actually days after starting uh, hormonal birth control that I felt very, very uh, tired and just not myself. And I thought, is this a side effect from the pill? I hear about side effects. The OBGYN said that there's like very minimal side effects from this pill. Uh, and, and I thought it was just that, and it would hopefully fade away. Uh, that fatigue started getting um much worse, uh, and then it became much more flu-like I had pretty severe uh swollen glands and just I mean I remember being at work and thinking about just walking across the room and just being paralyzed and thinking I I can't I can't do this um so thankfully I actually went and got diagnosed with mono uh, and like I said, that's just all that we thought was there at, at the time. Um, now I, I really strongly believe that the building I was working in was moldy. Um, I mean, it leaked constantly when I was there. They were like buckets everywhere to catch oh no. the leaks. So oh no. yeah, yeah it was it's not good. yeah, not a not a great uh, not a great building for sure., uh, so I, I really believe that I mean, the stress, uh, the emotional stress, the stress of moving, um hormonal birth control, as we know, it can really, uh, slow down methylation. So, you know, you're not detoxifying as well. It, de- it depletes a lot of vitamins. It can, you know, kind of create stress on the on the gut and cause intestinal permeability. It can be very, very stressful in the body. Uh, and then, then the mold exposure, I believe that just all of that at once caused the Epstein-Barr virus to reactivate. reactivate. Um, but I really wonder if there were a lot of other infections at that time that kind of all layered up at the same time, because, because I know now there's a, a lot of infections at play. Uh, so so you asked the primary symptoms, uh, the fatigue, like you said, that that really is the, the number one thing. Uh, brain fog definitely has been a, a prominent thing. Um, often on there's, there's a lot of moments where I'm pretty cognitively strong. And then uh, in the early days, especially, I remember like not being able to get through, you know, a page of a book because it was so uh, debilitating. Um, Suddenly my digestion went from like uh, chronically constipated, a little bit bloated, which is not great, but like really manageable to me To I can't tolerate anything, but just a few foods. Um, I would have horrible reactions to uh, anything containing fat. Uh, I started having anxiety for the first time in my life, uh, depression for the first time in my life. Then chronic pain started uh, just really over time, just more and more things kind of got added to the list. Um, Or over more time, very severe um, lymphatic congestion, um, like in my armpits and under my knees, like there'd be ping pongs in my lymph nodes. Um, At at points I had very severe neurological uh, symptoms. At one point uh, we ended up finding out we were in mold again uh, and I had to use a cane because my balance was so, um, wow. kind of like I was on it, like a dock or a moving ship where the floor was just moving. And I would, you know, be walking normally and feeling like I'm just going to fall over at any point in time. It's really amazing how toxic mold can be The force that completely yeah. went away as soon as I got out of that multi-environment, uh, but yeah, so there's been a lot of symptoms, but I mean, primary has certainly been the fatigue, pain, digestive. Um or hormonally, there's been a lot. I mean, there, you know, every system really was very stressed. Um, I was uh postmenopausal hormonal levels at one point. Um and one of my favorite parts of my story and to give hope to people is that I have a son, my two-year-old, um, I was able to have a, like a beautiful pregnancy and home birth while very debilitating fatigue and not able to uh, exercise, hardly, you know, go on very long walks. So uh, the body's pretty amazing that it can get through a lot of those things, even even in, in, even in cell danger response, even in that um, that chronic illness.
0: Yeah. It is amazing what the body's capable of. And I've had, uh, several patients over the years, uh, you know, like, um, women in their maybe twenties, early thirties, and, you know, they're just, they've been suffering for a long time and then, you know, they're pregnant and then, you know, just have this, you know, very healthy pregnancy. And, and right. you know, they're still, it's, it's not easy, but like they have right. perfectly beautiful, healthy babies. And, and then, yeah, it's just wow. Like the body just really knows when to rally when it's like really, really <laughs> extra important. It seems it so. It's a be- beautiful thing. Um, a uh, bunch of questions for you based on what you just said, but um, one thing I just want to maybe touch on first, uh, you mentioned the cell danger response a couple of times. I think it's a right. really, really important topic for clinicians to know about. Um, I'm sure that uh, many of my listeners are aware of the cell danger response, but right. would you mind just kind of giving like a, a brief, like, you know, layperson summary of, you know, what is, uh, what is the cell danger response?
1: Right. Yeah, it, it's a great question. And I really do like the the concept. Um, and I usually when I do explain it, it is very broad and layperson because it, I mean, it is like, it can be a very, very complex subject mm-hmm. for sure that I, I'm constantly wanting to understand better. I believe I saw you've got I don't know if it's your practice has like a training on it. I was looking on your website and like, Oh, I need to do some more continuing education through (laughs) y'all.
0: I have a course on mitochondrial dysfunction and I definitely talk about the cell danger response in there for sure.
1: Right. That makes sense. So the way I uh, I describe it to my clients typically is uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you get the flu, your body is focused on fighting that flu. You know, you don't have any energy. You're feeling lethargic. You're not feeling great because, you know, your body's Uh, sending all of his energy to to fight that bug Um, and then in complex chronic illness because of toxicity infections and um, you know I think trauma can be very involved too it can cause our cells to get caught in almost like this stuck um, it you know this stuck flu Um, it's not actually the flu but you're you know you're you're stuck in that that sickness you're stuck in that ability for your your um, body to be able to just make energy because it is um you know, it's so it's been so focused on trying to fight, um, you know, the infections and deal with the toxicity that it's just really not able to any longer. Um, So in my my belief, it's, you know, lowering toxicity, building up the body and then helping your body fight the infections is what can help your body get out of that cell danger response. I feel like you probably could have um, add on. I feel feel like you could add on some good notes to that. That's kind of the, the basics of how I explain it.
0: Okay. No, that's that's great, and and maybe just one little add-on note, just to the icing on the cake. There is right. a good, is a good, good cake. Um, but uh, just where if your cells are stuck in this lockdown mode, then. They're just kind of so hyper focused on dealing with the toxins or the infectious right. insult or whatnot that they just kind of forget about all the day-to-day stuff. Like, oh yeah, yes. you need energy to like, you know, go to your job and take care of your kids right. and exercise and all these things. And the body's just the cells are just in this lockdown mode, as you I think you said, and right. just aren't able to function properly. So hence, you know, right. chronic fatigue syndrome and brain fog and pain and all the crazy things that can ensue from that. So right. it's really, really not a pretty picture, unfortunately. Right. Um, so, um, in terms of your, in terms of your health journey, um, where you mentioned like, uh, one of your goals working with uh, folks, I know prior to us starting the recording, you mentioned you do work with some folks one-on-one, um, right. you also do some group coaching and whatnot as well. So when you're, um, and you mentioned that, uh, one of your goals, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but one of your goals is to try to save folks, um, going down the path that didn't help you and, and, you know, <laughs> yes. what's happened to the past that did help you the most. So, right. uh, maybe starting with the, uh, the, the glass half empty. I guess. Would you mind what telling us about what are the things that didn't work uh, well for you, if you don't mind, elaborating sure. on that?
1: Absolutely. Well, the first, the very first thing that I did wrong is that I tried to fix myself by myself, and I, I've always had a little bit more of a holistic mindset. I didn't really, I, I didn't know anything. I, I knew that I valued nutrition. It was really like a year or so before I got sick. I actually wasn't having my period regularly, or I really. I was, um, had amenorrhea. My period was absent for probably a couple of years. And I thought like, oh, this should probably, I should probably have my period. That sounds kind of like a healthy thing. And I was Googling, what can I do to help? I read that gluten could be, uh, a trigger of hormonal issues. And so I decided to do a trial and cut it out in two days into being gluten-free. My period like came back that quickly. That's wild. Uh, so there were things like that in my life before where I realized, uh, diet's pretty important. lifestyle's pretty important. Uh, but, but, I, you know, like I said, I still had a lot to learn. So from the beginning, I thought I should probably be supporting my body as best as I can. They say, there's nothing you can do for mono other than hydrating and resting. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting that even the medical system doesn't even recommend antivirals. That's odd to me mm-hmm. for mono. I mean, I guess it's just probably not very, um, effective, but, um, so I, The very first thing I did, actually, I read The Bulletproof Diet by by Dave Asprey. Uh And I remember reading about his chronic fatigue syndrome and he was talking about mold illness and it sounded so much like me. And, uh, you know, it was like, Oh, okay. This, this diet is going to be the thing that really helps me. So from the beginning, I I really focused on uh, nutrition. Uh, you know, I read books on leaky gut. And so I was, I was just trying to adjust my diet and kind of throw in random supplements. I was learning about to see if it helped. Um, and unfortunately, because, um, I, I didn't have someone to support me. Um, I think my gallbladder, uh, health was pretty, um, had some pretty, st- a lot of stagnation there, which, um, didn't work well with the very high fat diet that led to the essentially fat intolerance that I had for probably like, Oh man, it was six months to a year where I couldn't even add like a sprinkle of olive oil onto my food. It was, wow. um, pretty, pretty intense. So um, I was just kind of scrambling for a while with things like that. Then a year into it, we figured, okay, we need to make sure that I don't have cancer. I'm not dying. We don't know what's going on and why I'm so sick and uh, just seemingly getting worse. So that's where I was diagnosed at the Mayo Clinic with a chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. I was very hesitant to go because I honestly didn't really believe that they would give me very real answers or actually um, like a protocol to get better. But uh, you know, I um, had family who was really encouraging it and supportive, so I figured like let's just see what we can uh, learn. And I ended up not even going through all of my appointments because I just didn't really think it would be that helpful. Um That, I mean, again, that whole time I'm just reading books on, on dirty jeans from Dr. Ben Lynch. I'm um, I am sharing my story on YouTube at this point and realizing I'm really into nutrition and really like love learning about epigenetics and all these things. And I, I'm starting to kind of share, like, I do know what I'm talking about and you know, I'm learning a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh Then so, so I'm just trying and, and failing and nothing's really making that much of a difference. There were small things that improved my blood sugar uh, improved quite a bit. i realized, Oh, I, it's not normal to be incredibly shaky. Like you're going to pass out in between meals. Um, you know, my C reactive protein, my inflammation levels improved. Uh, so that those were good things that, that changed. Uh, then I discovered uh, DNRS or uh, dynamic neural retraining system. It's a like self-directed neuroplasticity uh, course to help rewire the limbic system to get you out of fight or flight so that your body can be in a better place to heal. And that, that rest and digest state where, um, the, like the brain can actually, um, kind of similar to cell danger response. Uh, you know, you don't want to be living, like you're running from a bear. You want your brain to be able to actually take care of normal functions because your body's not thinking about digestion when you're running from a bear. It's just mm-hmm. thinking about Getting away from the stress. So that was the first thing I did that actually really made a big difference in my symptoms. Um, I actually noticed a very real shift at that point. I did it very consistently for at least six months. Uh, it's a very intensive process of a, kind of like a form of meditation that you do for at least an hour a day, um, except it's you're specifically visualizing yourself healthy um reminding your body of what that's like to be to be energetic and uh, to feel to feel good in all of those different ways um then it was after that point (laughs) i thought that um oh man i thought that neuroacupuncture was going to heal me and ended up being a a very can i ask
0: you a quick interjecting question sorry to interrupt mandy you're you're on a great roll i just i'd like to ask you one question about the dnrs because i've had uh number of patients who I recommended DNRS or the Gupta program for and right. uh just one of the things that uh, some of my patients have run into you know justifiably is that it, it is as you said like the DNRS in, in Gupta's pretty darn similar to dnrs from by my estimate um so this question applies i think to both programs um it can be like kind of intensive and did you find that given the you know energy limitations that you had like was it challenging for you to do the hour of work every day and if so like were any uh, tips or strategies to kind of get through that as i've had some patients who are like i can only do like 15 minutes and, and that's it and of course we just meet patients where they're at uh, you can only do right. what you can do but any, any advice or feedback on that
1: Right. That's a great question. I did recommend DNRS very strongly for a while. And, uh, at this point now, I I believe that I was, uh, I, I, I don't love that for me, at least my approach and how, how I interpreted the training that it was just so cognitively focused and it was missing the, like the somatic, like the brain, um, Body connect like where I was I was really connected to my body and kind of uh, working on that like regulation and trauma release from a, a body point of view. So that's one thing that I would say that I, I often direct people to maybe a DNRS type approach plus some um, somatic experiencing as a practice that kind of helps mm-hmm. connect your brain and your body. It that's yeah it's interesting if someone is really. I mean, really struggling to get through it. I mean, for the most part, I would say, I would think most people can get through it, breaking up the practice and into segments, whether that's 10 minutes, six times a day or 15 mm-hmm. minutes, four times a day. Right. I usually, I would, I would definitely break it up. I think I'd probably do 20 minutes, three times a day. And I mean, if it's my client and they're really struggling to get through it, I may t- have them take a more gentle approach, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, more of the, the somatic experiencing based therapy. But um, if cognitively they are able, Able to get through it without feeling way worse. It can't, it really does just take discipline and um committing to do it. Even I mean, I remember do like going into closets on Christmas Day, um, at weddings, going, you know, as I'm getting ready to be a bridesmaid, hiding mm-hmm. in rooms, like I gotta go do my DNRS. So mm-hmm. you just kind of have to make it work.
0: That's that's commitment right there. That's yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> um, with the just another side question, um, with the somatic experiencing, um, i I've only ever heard of that being done, like you know with kind of one-on-one with a clinician are there like online like or like self-directed somatic experiencing programs that you're aware of
1: for sure Um, a good friend of mine actually i the week i found dnrs i found her youtube and we became friends and now she has this amazing business and platform uh, her name's sarah jackson uh, she has a program where she has classes that are online that you can pay per class that are really really excellent at mm-hmm. helping you learn some of those techniques and then she has a program called restore also where you have access to a library of different kind of exercises you can do okay. i also really love irene lyon uh It's her last name is Mm L-Y-O-N. She has a 21-day nervous system reset, I believe it's called. uh, That's really kind of an introduction to her work. I did do that Mm -hmm. course. And um, that was that course I I tell people now. I wish I would have done that before DNRS because it really teaches, um, in my opinion, like the foundations of nervous system regulation, um, including the somatic aspect uh, and then she has a, a bigger course to it that I know that people really okay. appreciate. but those are my two favorite resources. yeah,
0: no, that's great. Thank you. as um are they like on just look those up on uh just their websites or are they on Instagram or YouTube or just
1: yes, both I think um uh-huh. websites and and Instagram would probably be easy for okay, to find
0: okay. great. I'll uh, for listeners i'll I'll post the links to their websites anyways in the show notes. um so. Uh, stay tuned for those. Um, but yeah, th- thank you for sharing that. That's, that's great. Um, yes. I, I find with the, actually I made up my own, like sort of a truncated version of okay. um, amygdala retraining for patients. Like I made like an hour and a half long video. Cause just so many patients okay. are like, Oh, this is really overwhelming. It's a lot. And like, that's been a nice stepping stone, but yeah, maybe the somatic experiencing to sort of yeah test the waters first a little bit. That's, sure. that's a great tip. I'll look into both of those. Um, I know I had interrupted you, you were uh, on to neuro acupuncture, um, was the next yes. step on the journey. So if you don't mind picking up where you left off there, please.
1: For sure. Yes. Between like my keto bulletproof phase being, you know, the ketones are so great for the brain and then limbic system. Like I need to heal my brain. It, you know, and, and I, I, do think it, I mean, myalgic encephalomyelitis. I mean that like you can break down the word to inflammation of the brain. That's one of the words for chronic fatigue syndrome. And, and so I, that, that was kind of my, my strategy is I just have to, if I heal my brain, I heal everything else, which isn't entirely wrong. Um, so I thought this, this neuroacupuncturist was going to fix all my problems. And it, it was interesting. I often tell this part of the story because this, it, my story like kind of blew up a little bit on the, in, on Instagram at this point, this is really where my, my following started to grow and it. Uh, a lot of people would be really excited about that. And I was very excited and thankful, but it created a lot of anxiety and pressure that this has, has to work and that if it didn't work, I would feel like I was failing or I was letting people down. And I mean, I, I had never had so many texts and DMs in my life just because like kind of the story of like pray for Mandy going to New Mexico to see this amazing. And he really is an amazing scalp acupuncturist. I saw people getting up from their, their wheelchairs for the first time in wow. years and all things wow. like that. But uh, it, I mean, I I left, I had moments of feeling better and then left feeling really worse than ever by the end of the week. And uh, so it became kind of this traumatic experience where I just, I had to get off social media and YouTube and everything entirely um, for, for a month. I'm like, I'm just going to take a, you know, a fast or a detox from this and uh, really kind of so, like focus in, I, I'm a Jesus follower. Like I want, you know, ask God, um, like what's, what's next for me? Like, what's going to help me get better? Like, what am I supposed to do? So, um, it was very quickly during that time off social media. That's when I realized I, I want to be a, um, a, a, pr- a practitioner a nutritionist or health coach or whatever that I couldn't not help people who have been through what I've been through knowing what I know now that there's no way I I couldn't share. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that that's when I found that, that program, um, the original program that I did. Um, And it's kind of cool to see how, so all of that um, led to, led to my career now. And also I decided I need to actually really get help now. Uh, Like really, uh, I could find a good practitioner. And that's when I finally, I think three years into my illness sound like a functional medicine practitioner. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's so, quite wait.
1: It was, yeah. it's so crazy because I like, I loved following Dr. Mark Hyman and Chris Kresser and Dr. Ben Lynch. And I love learning from these people. And I don't know why I just, I, I just didn't really, I, I mean, I think I was very paralyzed, especially because I was constantly getting, um unsolicited advice of check for lime, look into mold. And and I'm like, I just had mono and I'm still sick. I don't I don't know what mold or lime has to do with anything. Mm-hmm. It was just overwhelming. So I just kind of um held off. But
0: mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, I, as a clinician, I appreciate that insight because like, I, I mean, right. I, I had my own health challenges in the past, but not right. to what you were experiencing. I'm, I'm thankful to say for my own sake. Um, And uh, just, yeah, kind of getting a bit of insight into the mindset of like, yeah, if, right. is it just really overwhelming? Like you listen to, you know, someone might be following someone like me or whoever, like on right. Instagram, it's like, Oh, like mold and Lyme and co-infections and viruses and mast cells and SIBO. And like, just, there's just so many acronyms and so many things. And like, maybe it's just easier to I, I don't know this I'll ask you this question if you don't mind just speaking as a you know as a non clinician <laughs> let's say like is there an element of like ah like i just uh, there's so much like i kind of want to put my head in the sand or there's so much like just thinking about it is too stressful like um can you give some insight into the the mindset if you don't mind
1: right yeah i think there are a lot of things that play it's interesting because i was always very committed i mean as we talked about with DNRs mm-hmm. i i was very, very disciplined and, and, uh, was constantly trying things to help. I I see people now where I I struggle with, I I don't understand why you're not even trying anything to get better, why it takes you long to even take any kind of action. So I was constantly taking action. Uh, but yeah, part of it was, I mean, I was also just afraid to spend money. (laughs) Part of it was, I just, I didn't really trust anyone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I didn't really know who I could trust or what was out there, or how to find pe- people that I actually believed that, that could help. And it's tough because I constantly was having names kind of thrown at me of people to see. And, and I think I was partially waiting for something to really feel right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because I would, I, I wouldn't do it differently now because of course it's, you know, as part of my story, but I would have other people do it differently for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate you bringing up the the money factor too, because as we're talking, right. I'm thinking like, oh man, like I, I know I've had folks, you know, DM me or post comments where like, oh, like, you know, I'd really love to do this or that, but like, I don't have the money or I have to save up for six months. Like, oh my gosh, like just, it's so sad that there's a financial barrier to folks getting well, but that's, that's the reality of it. Um, and right. that's really, really unfortunate, but yeah, you, you certainly, when uh, you want to make sure you're making the right choice because you know, you can't just, well, I mean, there are some folks out there, I suppose, who have the wherewithal that they can doctor shop around, but not, not many right. people have that luxury. So you, yeah, want to sure. make the right decision. Um, so, uh, Mandy, maybe we can switch gears just a little bit. Cause uh, I right. know we've talked about some of the things, well, kind of talked about a bit of a hodgepodge of things that have helped you. Um, but then also some things that didn't, um, do you mind, um, because I, I would like to pick your brain kind of more clinician right. to clinician a little bit too, um, would you be able to uh, just um, um, talk about some of the things that you found to be particularly helpful or, or if there were any other pitfalls, if you want to sneak those in quickly, just to sure. I don't know, share, share that. I'd love to hear a bit more about that, but also what, what's been helpful for you.
1: Right. Yeah. I will kind of merge the two together because mm-hmm. once I finally started working with a functional medicine practitioner, I finally tested to see that I... um you know, for mold toxicity and metals and glyphosate and saw that I did have a very high toxic burden. Uh, we tested for Lyme early on and it, and it was a negative test and we, we didn't really know what to do with that. We kind of just left that on the wayside. It wasn't actually until last year that I finally officially on paper found Lyme, Bartonella, Babesia, Toxoplasma, um, anaplasma, mycoplasma, (laughs) that's, it was really last year. And I kind of assumed for a while, yeah, mold or Lyme is probably a part of the picture, but last year was when everything really, really came together. Uh, but it's interesting, even when I started working in functional medicine, we did just take a, okay, you have high Epstein bar virus, um, antibodies. And we were taking much like just kind of detoxification and, Um, antiviral approach. And um, that did not work very well at all. And I I have all kinds of opinions on why that's not the right um, strategy. So um, yeah, as a clinician- Could
0: you share those opinions? Because I'd like to hear them (laughs) and I'm sure the listeners would too, if if you don't mind.
1: For sure. And I I think I kind of can share my, my perspective on how I do approach things to kind of address the the viral aspect briefly, um, as many people know Epstein-Barr virus or HHV6 virus or any other herpes virus or um, they're considered opportunistic infections, they They like to flare up at the opportune moment when there's, you know, something else, um, something else there. Uh, And my question always is, what is it? What is it that's causing Epstein-Barr virus to be flared? Uh, What's causing the immune system to not be strong enough to be able to keep these things at bay? And uh, so when we're just, uh, especially in the very uh, intense chronic fatigue person, uh, patient, client, whatever you want to call it. Um, when there is such exercise intolerance, um I, I do believe that there's usually um, a a larger list of infections that need to be addressed. Um, so, and so so just targeting um one virus or one group of viruses is really missing the big picture and really missing mm-hmm. the true root cause. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of get into. Um, that I think I said it earlier. I always talk about how, in my uh, belief, the three main root causes of chronic illness or chronic complex illness is toxicity, trauma slash stress, and infections. I know some people would say, "Oh, what about deficiencies?" And to me, I, I mean, if there's uh, to me that that that's not like a that shouldn't be a chronic illness caused by deficiency. If, I mean, if it is an illness, you know, it should be easily corrected by just providing that nutrient, you know, you've got scurvy, like give vitamin C, um, you know, for so many people for, for, I mean, you know, I talked about this in my story and I know you've, you've probably experienced this with patients as well. You know, you see these, um, people coming in who are eating like the most pristine diet, the most nutrient dense. And I mean, they're as sick as ever. So really it's not the the lack of nutrients um, that is the cause. Obviously we want to be working on actually absorbing those nutrients and utilizing them well. um, But... I believe that the toxicity, the infections, and the trauma that's stored in the body causes the immune system to really just fall out of balance and keep you in that cell danger response. Um, When I say toxicity, I'm thinking about things like mold, heavy metals, glyphosate, other pesticides and herbicides. When I say infections, I'm thinking about everything from parasitic infections to even like a candida overgrowth. And of course, the the Lyme disease, the many co-infections that come along often with Lyme, like I mentioned, Bartonella, Babesia, Mycoplasma, and then those viruses, CMV, Epstein-Barr virus, HHV-6, um, HHV-7, there's there's many. Um, I I had a thought there that I lost for a moment. Um, but I'll let you, I'll let you just respond then. <laughs> okay.
0: Sure. Uh, well, you were saying about like with the three, co- uh, you know, main root causes. Yes. So you mentioned like the litany of different infectious microbes, you mentioned the litany of different right. toxins. Um, and then uh, were you going to say more about the, uh, trauma slash stress component or does that kind of speak for itself?
1: I think it does to an extent. Um, I do think that trauma is often, um, a lot of people, uh, for me personally, I can say in my own experience, I didn't think I had really experienced uh, trauma because there wasn't like an obvious um, obvious car accident or loss or, um, you know, things that you may typically think about. But, um, you know, I, th- I think tra- uh, trauma is a result of, um, let me say it this way. If you, you know, you can think about like two people who've been in a car accident and one person is totally fine afterwards and the other person um, doesn't want to step into a car again or has a lot of fear of driving now or being in, um, in vehicles. And the reason they respond differently is because of the health of their nervous system. And um, I believe the health of your nervous system, um, you can have dysregulation due to, you could it could be earlyhood. um early childhood trauma or it could be um i mean i think even toxicity can be a trauma to the nervous system that can cause some of that dysregulation really to me it all um it all really works together um getting sick very quickly is traumatic um you know for me being a, a i was 20 when i got sick and i got married and um you know not knowing if i was um dying and why I was, you know, forced to um, not be, I wasn't able to work anymore. Obviously I got sick before that happened, but uh, there's kind of a cascade of trauma that can occur there that can kind of further continue uh, illness. So, I mean, there's, there's so much I could say when it comes to trauma earlier, I mentioned the stress of, you know, wedding planning and all that, that plays into it. But um, I think there's so many factors that um, contribute to that, um, that full body dysregulation.
0: I I totally agree. Um so um uh, could you speak a little bit more to some of the specific therapies that were the most helpful or uh, treatment approaches that were the most helpful for you? I'm, I'm assuming it has something to do with addressing the the big 3 um and you know you've already had the DNRS and the somatic experiencing under your belt. So uh, uh, I'm assuming uh, other helpful things related to toxins and or infection.
1: For sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I did do a lot for detoxification uh, years ago that I I don't believe was the most effective strategy. And partially it was because um, drainage wasn't fully addressed. Um, I'm sure many people listening are familiar with drainage pathways or detoxification pathways. Um, If you're not, I mean, it's just like the organs of elimination being able to actually actually eliminate toxicity from your body. You need the drain open. So when you're detoxifying it, it can actually get out. It's a pretty simple concept. But um, when we're talking about organs of drainage or elimination, it's, you know, your bowels have to be moving. Thankfully, I I knew that, um, especially when I started nutrition school, I'm like, why are, I mean, my practice clients, I'm like, oh, all these people are coming to me from their functional medicine doctors and they're on these crazy detox plans and, and they're not even going to the bathroom every single day. And I was, you know, I was at least aware, um, of that, but, um, anyway, for me, um, or I, I mean, I guess I can say for me, for everyone, you know, you have to make sure your liver is, um, is open and all, um, stages of liver detoxification are functioning properly. Your your gallbladder and bile health is moving. Um, the bile is nice and thin and moving. Uh, lymphatics is a very big one. And, and that that's, to be completely transparent, an area that um, is very, very tricky for me. Um, I really don't tolerate much lymphatic support at all uh, right now, just to kind of share a little bit of peek into my journey in my life at this moment, uh, I am taking one drop of homeopathic lymph support every three days and trying to work up to one drop every single day. I'm slowly kind of closing the gap, uh, working to get the, my lymphatics, that, um, kind of garbage system. It's kind of like a liquid garbage disposal system in your body. It's also very important for carrying different immune cells, uh, throughout your body, Um, And and then basically top down your, you know, your, your draining, your brain is a part of that, your lymphatic system. That's kind of like the lymph of your brain. So I did not Um, address drainage properly. And so finding something that actually really started to move the needle uh, was really thoroughly addressing drainage. And it is a continual process. As I mentioned, my lymph still isn't moving very well. Uh, There can be things that really can get in the way of drainage, um, like parasites. I mean, parasites can be in any organ, um, like you know, liver flukes, they love the liver. A lot of people have a lot more of that than they would realize. You can have um, uh, uh, parasites in your lymphatics. Um, I believe that Bartonella and strep and toxoplasmosis are big cloggers, so to speak, of the lymphatic system. Um, so, So that was a big thing. Then addressing parasites kind of connected to what I was just saying was very instrumental for me. Um, I did not think I had parasites before because I had done a stool test and, and well, I knew that everybody had a little bit of parasites, but I didn't realize that, um, especially if you're very sick and very um, toxic <laughs> parasites, um, they, they thrive in a toxic environment. That's where they're going to want to set up shop and eat all of the the bad bacteria and the mold and heavy metals. Um, and then now, um, so I know I'm saying a lot. So if you need to jump in, let me know. No, no,
0: We're good. We're good.
1: The thing that's been, um, really game changing, uh, for me. And it's, it's been a very long process because as I've said, I've got, um, a lot of infections I'm working through, but, um, I've been using homeopathy, um, in what I would call like using homeopathy, um, like immunotherapy where we're using very, very um, low dose or very diluted um, no So no-sodes are um, basically, for example, taking like, I've got the Borrelia, Lyme. We're taking the Lyme bacteria in um, in a very, very dilute amount and um, at different potencies every couple of days, then every week. And it's a, a whole process to train your immune system to be able to to fight that bacteria or that infection well. Um, So I've got a whole protocol um, for every single and all um, eight infections that I believe are the primary um, infections that I've been working through since last like August or September. I've been slowly adding in support for two infections at a time. And uh, it's been very amazing how uh, powerful it's been, you'll see, um, really interesting symptoms come up and then go away. And then, um, I mean, every single time I take, um, one of the, the vials of the, the low dose immunotherapy, basically, um, the homeopathic formula, um, I, I have very specific symptoms come up. I tell anybody who questions, the efficacy of homeopathy, come see me take one drop of, I've got like five or six different formulas of lymphatic homeopathics that I cannot tolerate. Give me a whole dropper and my face will blow up like a balloon uh, because it it can't, you know, I say the solution to pollution is dilution. It's like too much pollution. We got to dilute and uh, hold on to water.
0: (laughs) That's what the body does. Yep. It does. Um, In terms of the uh, formulas you're talking about, is it actually like low dose immunotherapy formulas? Like as that, like that specific therapy or is it, is it more nozode therapy?
1: It's noso therapy. I use Desbio products. Um, Yeah. I'm not completely familiar with the, the, the true, like uh, the true LDI. Um, Again, I was looking at your website and I'm like, oh, this seems Mm -hmm. very similar to what I do, but Mm -hmm. I don't know everything that makes it um, different, but, um, it seems like the concept is very similar. It is a similar concept, um, to like, like an allergy shot, you know, giving yourself a little bit of that, like, Hey, you know, that reminder to, Hey, this is how you, you fight that antigen.
0: Right. With the nozode therapy, um, is it that you start with a low, like, um, say like a, um, a not very dilute formula, like a six C 12 C or 12 X six X 30 X. And then it gets stronger as you get more and more dilute, or do you start dilute and get, um, closer and closer to a less dilute, uh, formula?
1: Yeah. So you actually start, um, which is interesting. I, I hear practitioners say this backwards a lot, and this is, I, I'm taking a homeopathy course right now. and like, if this, this is why it's so important to, you know, actually, um, understand mechanisms and what you're talking about so you actually start with a more potent formula or more dilute with um depending on the kit it's often like a 1000x mm-hmm. um vial and then you move to the lower potencies and then you move back up to the higher potencies again oh, okay. um mm-hmm. and then you you stay at the high potency um it's like a like a 1m um i mean you probably you know what i'm talking about other people okay. um it's a, it's a, it's the more intense, um, potency. You take that once a week, then you move to a m, the even like the, the strongest potency and, and, in, in this case for these different therapies. Um, and, and it, it really, it's a whole, it's a seven month process from start to finish to get through the entire protocol, which is why I've been at it for a while. And I'm really believing once I kind of can get through the end of all of it and hopefully really get my lymph moving part of it, I'm really believing that I'll see a lot of, um, a lot of success because in theory, um, it really should help you create immunity to those different pathogens.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. A lot of overlap with LDI. Um, it's, uh, there's definitely some philosophical or like approach differences, but, uh, right. a lot of overlap. I, prior to learning LDI, which I think I've been doing that for maybe eight years or something now. Um, I did a lot of, um, isopathy, which is yeah. Right. Using nozodes or, or, or other things too. And, uh, like I saw some really crazy changes with that too, with some patients, a lot of major flare-ups for some people and then benefits, thankfully. So, so we kept using it, but uh, yeah, the the LDI, a lot, a lot of overlap there just for reference. But I I think it's, um, I I just have like patient after patient that I've seen over the years where like that approach has just blown out of the water, like the, you know, full blown antibiotic, you know, regimens or, you know, hardcore herbal regimens, or we do a lot of IV therapies here, like, you know, hitting people with Right. doses of antimicrobials and it's like ah, oh, they've hit a plateau and then we bring in some immunotherapy and like boom like that right. just really blows the case open in a good way sometimes that's in good. a flare-up way initially we have to be yes. careful but um but anyways yeah no that's that's great i'm glad that that's part of your uh, protocol and i hope it's really right. really impactful it sounds like you're on the right track which is awesome um I have a couple of miscellaneous questions for you that I, I've got listed here, and I'd, I'd like to ask you those. I know we've only got a few minutes left, um, but just before we get off the um, uh, you know therapies that helps topic, are there any other uh, therapies of notable mention that you'd like to share with uh, share with folks, or uh, does that does that summarize it pretty well?
1: There's so many things that I I've found along the way that I really love. Uh, I mean, random things that just not many people have heard about. I, I used to have very chronic panic attacks. Um, that I mean, it was like multiple times a week. It was the type of panic attack where you you feel like you're dying. It just I mean, it takes a couple hours to go away. Um, and. I I introduced uh, cranial electrical stimulation. Um, I use a device called uh, Biotuner from SOTA. If anyone's interested, SOTA, I'm not affiliated anyway. I'm just a huge fan because within a week of using that, my panic attacks completely disappeared. Um, So there are certain things like that that um, really helped um with symptom relief in this process for me and I'm so grateful to find tools like that and you know I've got so many now in my tool belt I just um whenever I have someone at my house for the first time I just always think I wonder what what they think I mean there's so many random supplements everywhere vibration plate vitamin D lamp and then you know ring lights for social media it's just like I've got really little homeopathic remedies everywhere I'm like it's probably you know I, I don't know I look like a crazy voodoo kind of lady or something, but <laughs> to some people, um, but I, I, that, that's one, if I just think of something that was a very powerful tool for me that really helped, um, bring some relief to my life and help with some of that nervous system regulation, uh, was that you clip it to your ears and it sends vibrate little, it just vibrates, I guess, uh, sends, uh, microcurrents of electricity, um, and I don't really even know how it gets like your vagus nerve or how that works. Um, but yeah, that that's the first thing I thought of, of just a really cool tool that I've really appreciated.
0: Is it a vagus nerve stimulator? Like, cause I know there's a bunch of those on the market, but is that kind of its claim to right. fame? It's largely working to stimulate the vagus nerve.
1: I don't believe that's the claim to fame. It does okay. work similarly to uh, like, like how people would use a TENS unit to mm-hmm. stimulate the vagus nerve. But I, I know there's like, they're very specifically like uh, designed harmonic frequencies to help um balance neurotransmitters. But that that's at least would be the the claim from the original um inventor mm-hmm. of the device. Um but but man, I I mean I, I use it all the time, even just to kind of calm things down to help me focus before a podcast. I should have done before this, but that's okay. <laughs> it's going well. Um,
0: so um, That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put the, uh, I'll put the name of the device in the show notes, but, um, so I, you said SOTA, like is, is that the name of it? Soda or yes. is that a longer name? Okay.
1: S-O-T-A. Yeah. It stands for state of the art.
0: Oh, state of the art. Okay. I yeah. shouldn't have any problem finding that. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to say, I think having a weird house is like a good litmus test for, do you want these it people <laughs> in your life? You know, so they come in and they never talk to you again. Okay. I guess you weren't really worth my time. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, so sure. that's, that's the protocol or process my wife and I use. We have a weird house too. So it works. It works right. well. Um all right. Uh, let's see here. Okay, maybe I'll just try to get one rapid fire question in here. Um, so you just mentioned about fat, um, about uh, having issues with fat intolerance historically. And I'm just wondering either from your own um, story or working with folks. Um, if folks are really, really fat intolerant, um, you know, as you said, I think even just like a small little bit of fat would set you off. Um, What are some of the things you're thinking about is causing that? And um, are there any um, just clinical pearls in terms of what can help to get that on track? I I know you are fully with CellCore. I know they're one of their claim to fame is uh, the Tudka or Tudka, whatever. So I'm wondering if that might be part of your answer, but I'd love to hear what you have to say.
1: For sure. Yes. So I do think that you asked, like, what do I first think of? I do think of gallbladder health. So um, your liver produces bile and the bile is then sent to the gallbladder and the gallbladder stores the bile. And the bile is very important for um, breaking down fats, emulsifying fats. And also when your liver is processing like toxins, it's dumping that um, into the bile. So it's a very important pathway of elimination. It, you know, ends up getting into your, um, into your stool before you, um, eliminate. And there's certain things that can really clog the bile or make it stagnant. Mycotoxins from mold is a big thing that I think of, uh, then, I mean, estrogen dominance, um, can also really, uh, create stagnation in the bile. And, and then, you know, the question is what's causing the estrogen dominance. I'm always thinking, you know, what's the why behind, the why. I f- that, talking about mistakes I made again, I, I see so many people and myself included thought Epstein-Barr virus is the root cause, MTHFR is the root cause, um, or people say, oh, I found my root cause, it's, it's PCOS or something, when um, that's, you know, those are symptoms or disease names and not actually the thing that's uh, contributing. So, um, so, so th- certain things that I would do to help thin the bile. Um, I do like Tudka. Um, It's a bile acid that is very, very helpful for um, thinning the bile and for all um, phases of liver detoxification. Um, I do like, um, what is it, like beta-TCP from Biotics. It has um, like betaine from beets. You can just eat beets. Beets is like an amazing food to help um, thin out the bile. Then, um, so I'm thinking about like, what's gonna help get that bile moving. Um, and then when you're having such crazy reactions to fat, like I was, um, I think, I mean, there, there's probably just a lot of toxicity um, that's not, you know, because drainage is clogged, it's not moving through well. And when it's starting to try to move through um, it, you know, it's causing this inflammatory reaction. Um, so I would probably start thinking about bringing it in binders to help um, kind of clean up or mop up some of that debris or that toxicity. Um, but you, of course, want to make sure that the bottom of that drainage funnel is open, that you're moving your bowels um, very, very frequently. Uh, so if I were to do things over again, I I would have made sure bowels are moving quite a bit more than it was when I was so fat and tolerant. Then I, then I would probably start bringing in a little bit of that Um I don't know, the betaine from the beads, maybe some artichoke leaf extract, maybe some tudka, and just kind of slowly start getting that moving more. And as things are open, I'd start start binding. And um, with, with other people I've worked with, um, it's amazing how much symptoms can improve just from getting that drainage, um, those drainage pathways opened better
0: super important. Um, and sure. something, I, something I probably should have mentioned when we started uh, talking a bit about um, different interventions, um, just um, as, as per usual with any other uh, podcast episode, uh, not, nothing we're talking about should be construed as medical advice. This is for sure. informational purposes only. If you need any healthcare advice, medical advice, please talk to your healthcare provider for that advice. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for sharing some of those pearls. Um, I wish we had a bit more time, Mandy, because I'd like to pick your brain a bit more, but uh, I know we're, we're a little over our time. I know I have to go see another patient and I'm sure you've got many things to do, especially if you have a little one running around. Um, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks so much for sharing uh, about your story and, and giving us some of those clinical pearls. Um, just before we part ways, do you mind uh, just sharing where folks can um, interact with you, either on social media or any um, offerings that you have for uh, for the folks out there?
1: Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for having me. And I, I'm really glad to get to connect with you. And I'm really excited to continue to learn from your work. I really appreciate um, from what I've seen, how you practice. I do think we have a lot of similarities in how we view things. So uh, I do, I mean, I've got my website, MandyMehan.com. There's not like a, a ton on there, but you know, you've got the basics to kind of understand a little bit of what I do and, you know, where my, the other places you can find me are. Um, I do primarily post on Instagram for um, just sharing um, education and, and sharing my journey as well. Um, hopefully here in the next few months I can continue sharing a lot of progress in my own, um, my own protocol, Um, And I do a form of group coaching too. If you're interested in working with me, usually I funnel people there first so people can kind of start learning how to open their drainage pathways, learn how to start expelling some parasites. And um, once you need a little more support, that's where I take my clients. I take my clients out of there because they're starting to learn the foundations from me, from my video collection. (laughs) And then we can get in the weeds and we work together. Mm -hmm.
0: And and if they're interested in the group coaching, the best way to... Um, get in touch with you about that is through your website or is there another place there we go okay through my
1: website you can also contact me through there
0: okay perfect great well uh, thank you so much again i really appreciate your time and uh thanks so much everyone for listening to another episode of the overcoming chronic illness podcast i hope it was educational and entertaining and um, please stay tuned for the next one